Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Full Service Radio. Welcome to Beer Me. I'm your host, Sarah Jane. We are broadcasting live at the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. So for those of you who have listened before, you're familiar. Um, but for those of you who are new, welcome. Uh, every week, we have a different guest on the show from different parts of the beer world, from brewers, importers, educators. This allows us to explore the beer world through different lenses. Uh, So whether you are new to beer or a seasoned professional, we will have something for you. So today I'm very excited to welcome onto the show Adam Riza. He is the lead brewer at Port City Brewing Company in Alexandria, Virginia, uh, as well as Alex Lawfer. He is the head distiller and co-founder at 1-8 Distilling in Ivy City, Washington, D.C. So the reason why I invited these two uh, titans of industry into the studio today is because uh, not last week, but the week before was DC Beer Week. Uh, And I was judging the Battle of the Barrel Aged at Boundary Stone. It's a good alliteration there. (laughs) Uh, So every year there are five breweries, this year it was six, uh, that get to brew beer and barrel age it. And this year they got paired up with a distillery. So the winning barrel, the winning beer, was Port City and 1-8 Distilling. So... We're going to talk about that beer. Yeah. Um, but before we do, I want to talk a little bit about the establishments that you two represent, um, because they're both very important for the beverage world in D.C. So first and foremost, you have Port City. You'll open in 2011. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you were the first production brewery inside the Beltway for, since, you know, what, 1960 or something like that i don't know yeah, yeah. but but you were you you all were the were the ogs for lack yeah, of a yeah, better yeah. <laughs> lack of a better phrase i think dc rail opened right after that mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's cool um it's cool to make uh beer for the area yeah for know? sure um, and you know you've won a ton of awards over the years um constantly at the gbf the great american beer festival in denver um and you have a reputation of just making really, really solid, well-made beers. Yeah, we try to make uh, beers true to style, um, super clean. Um, you know, our biggest seller and uh, probably our most award-winning beer is the Optimal Wit, uh, and it's a good representation of a wit beer. Yeah, and for those of you out there who are not familiar with beer, wit is a fantastic kind of gateway drug. Yeah, into the yeah, beer world. You get a lot of wine light, drinkers. Yeah, that, light, yeah. effervescent. This is brewed with traditionally coriander and orange peel. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a crowd pleaser. Everyone likes wit beer. Right. And it's really food friendly, too. Absolutely. So if anything, you know, go out to Port City, get yourself some wit beer. Absolutely. I am, I'm partial to basically any, anything you guys make. It's always fantastic. Awesome. Thank you. Um, now, uh, Alex, with 1-8 Distilling, you all opened in 2015, I believe, Yes. Yes, yeah, January. Um, January 8th, 2015. 
and your name is significant. Right, yeah, so my partner in the business, Sandy Wood, mm -hmm. is a former attorney. So con law, probably reference here. Uh, Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution called for the formation of a national capital district. So that's our very obscure nod to D.C. Pride in nice. our name there. Yeah. Well, that's a, I mean, that's pretty apt because, you know, what is it, last week, or no, this past week, mm -hmm. was the first time that there was a hearing for D.C. statehood in the House. Right. Um, and hopefully that goes somewhere. I can't imagine it will with our current Senate situation, but, you know, hey, we're here now. Right. Yeah. Um, here making spirits. So... Mm -hmm. Um, let's taste what we have here today. If that's okay, if you want to crack beer first, probably before whiskey, if that's okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah uh, I brought our essential paleo, mm -hmm. which uh, was actually the first beer Port City ever brewed. Um, it is, it's just a basic paleo, golden naked oats, some, uh, some colored malts in there, and, um, do I have a Citra, Mount Hood, Centennial? Um, just super clean, and I really, really enjoy this beer. This is like, uh, it's kind of always around. And um, for me, I think it's like pound for pound one of our best beers. It's kind of underrated. Uh, I don't know if you want to try it. Yeah, anything. for sure. Cheers. 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 Excellent. Thank you. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it's good paleo. Really of. solid paleo. Yeah. And like you said, like you're going for true to style. I mean, that is textbook paleo. Right. You know, not overwhelmingly hop character, but they're bright, a little bit of citrus. Right, a little malt there. Yeah. The That's fantastic. What's the ABV on that one? I think it's like five. Yeah. Five. That's you know, all easy, you want. Easy drinking. Easy drinking. That's fantastic. Oh, Thank yeah. you for sharing. No worries. So let's talk about the project that you two worked on. How did it begin? Did you get paired up arbitrarily or did you seek each other out? I, I think it was a, yeah, uh, a hat situation. Yeah. Okay. We, we paired up a 1-8 and it was great. Um, yeah, I we, believe the, if I understand correctly, uh, the previous year's winner gets to decide how this yeah. next year is going to go down. So three stars won in 2018, mm -hmm. and they chose this method where uh, the six breweries would get paired with six distilleries randomly, and uh, it worked out great. I've been hoping to work with Port City for a long time, and it was a great opportunity, and the beer, of course, was the winner and fantastic. Yeah, certainly the winner and fantastic. Now, when, um, when you started the conversation... And, and for those of you who aren't familiar with brewing, for me, brewing is, a, and as I speak as somebody who is not a brewer, but for me, brewing is like a constant game of golf almost, where you're tweaking little tiny things. There are tons of different decisions over and over and over that, you know, can change the course of the beer drastically. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, our kind of method is to at least brew uh four batches um before we put out a final product mm -hmm. um or a first product um and that way we're allowed to tweak and kind of see which direction we want to go in um which is kind of kind of goes right into the barrel aging stuff uh i think we brewed colossal six which is our russian imperial stout um i don't know six seven times we actually made it uh, originally for our shipping logistics manager uh, for his wedding, mm -hmm. um, there was a they, uh, his wife speaks Russian, and it was kind of like this. Uh, it just made sense to to brew that style, 
And then from there, we kind of, oh, this is okay, and let's keep going, let's keep going, let's take this chocolate out, let's add this coffee. Um, and then we finally came to this final product, um, which was two and a, two year two years, I don't know, two and almost three years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, so with, with Port City, we, we have a very small um, barrel aging program. So it's kind of kind of boutique, kind of, okay. again, very, very small. So um, what I'll do is I'll kind of stash away these higher ABV beers in our cold box. Mm-hmm. And then when we get the opportunity to work with someone like an Alex, uh, then we could break them out, degas them, and put them in, you know, these barrels to shine. So I think a big thing, what I guess what I'm trying to say is that a base beer is, uh, you need an important, you know, a base beer is super important to the, to the entire process. Um, For sure. So... Now, describe what your, for people who maybe aren't familiar with, um, you know, the brewing process or barrel aging or anything like that, you had said, so you hide away these high ABV, high ABV beers. So these are beers with higher alcohol content. Um, and why is it important that it's higher alcohol content for barrel aging? Because um, you're going to get a little bit of oxidation and it adds to the character of the barrel aged beer. Mm-hmm. And these, uh, kind of small beers with, uh, I would say backbone, uh, with not that much backbone, like a, um, like a big imperial stout, you're able to kind of, uh, it, it works well together. The oxidation works well with those, uh, dark malts and the, and the high alcohol, um, where a low alcohol beer, you would taste cardboard kind of right away. Um, and using something like a whiskey barrel, it would just be overwhelmed. Um, so, for example, you know, you wouldn't want to put in a this pale ale. You wouldn't want to put in this pale ale. <laughs> yeah. This pale ale that's bright, shiny, needs low ABV yeah. needs the hops, but it's super, super clean. There's nothing to hide any kind of mistakes behind, right? right? Exactly. Whereas when you have this super high alcohol beer with all these complex flavors and all these things going on, if a little oxidation comes through, and that means that the beer is exposed to oxygen, yeah. um, any kind of off flavor or anything won't be the main event. Right, exactly. Okay. It kind of all blends well together. And that is to say you still want to do everything in your power to keep the to oxygen, keep the oxygen out, yeah. out, but, you know, barrels are porous are. items, so, yeah. you know, it's bound to happen. Um, so you started with this really delicious beer, high ABV, nice and complex. Was there a process to selecting the barrel itself as far as, you know, oh, we'd prefer to work with this kind of barrel versus that kind of barrel? Um, well, when we were approached by Port City, we, we actually had a selection of barrels, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, we were able to give them a couple of barrels to try. Uh, I think that this beer paired beautifully with a really unique barrel. It's not something we do very much of. Uh, this one is uh, our Untitled Whiskey Number no. 3 barrel. So it's a fun process. It's actually, before it even got the beer in it, is already a collaboration with uh, Zeke's Coffee over on uh, Rhode Island Avenue. So uh, we're starting in this case with a weeded bourbon that we sourced, not our own bourbon. Uh, In this case, it was a bourbon that's uh, started about eight years old uh, that we brought in. We emptied the barrel into a tank uh, and then sent the empty barrel over to Zeke's. And Zeke's roasts coffee beans, dumps about 100 pounds of those beans, fresh roast, uh, right into the barrel. And the dry beans are in the barrel for about two weeks. And they take them out, and they make a concentrated cold brew. So it's a nice bourbon cold brew. Uh, we get the empty barrel back, but there's still a lot of those oils from the coffee beans on the inside of the char. 
and we put the whiskey back in for about six months. Uh, picks up a lot of those nice coffee notes. Uh, and that's the whiskey I brought. We can try that later on. Um, and then after that, that's when we got the barrel over to Port City. So it's uh, this way, it's, it's not just a collaboration between Port City and 1-8. We also throw a little Zeke's coffee in there. Nice. Yeah. And- for those of you just tuning in, uh, I'm sitting down with Adam Riza. He is the lead brewer at Port City Brewing Company in Alexandria, Virginia, um, as well as Alex Lawfer. He is the head distiller and co-founder of 1-8 Distilling in Ivy City, Washington, D.C. And we're talking about the collaboration that they, the award-winning collaboration <laughs> that they did uh, for Battle of the Barrel Age during D.C. Beer Week. So let's back up for our listeners a little bit because we focus, a, I mean, obviously we focus a lot about beer on this show because... It's a beer show. Sure. Um, but I think whiskey is a very important thing, you know, just in general for life. Mm-hmm. Um, but also for people who love beer, I think it's important for uh, them to love whiskey because whiskey is born of beer. Of course. You start with a beer. We do. Before yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. So if you could just briefly just take people through, like, what does the process of whiskey making look like? Sure. Yeah. I mean, some of the, as you were suggesting, some of the first steps are very similar to making beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us, the beer, we call it a distiller's beer. It's an intermediary step to a whiskey. So we're starting with grain from local farms. In the case of a bourbon, it has to be mostly corn, 50% or more. In the case of a rye whiskey, 50% rye or more. And we are milling it. We're mashing it. Uh, much like in the brewing world. But in our case, we're leaving all of that grain in our fermentation. We don't take it out at any point. Uh, We want to maximize the grain character through distillation. And that's really traditional in the American world. Uh, Of course, that's not what you see in brewing. We don't want to drink this beautiful pale ale full of grain solids. Um, Or in the Scotch whiskey world, they'll also lauder the whiskey or remove that grain. Mm-hmm. But in bourbon and in rye, we traditionally take it, uh, leave it in throughout the process. And so we'll, we'll mill, we'll mash, we'll ferment. Our fermentations are pretty quick. Our yeasts work very, very quickly. Uh, in three to five days, we're generally at eight to 12% ABV. Okay. And then we will distill it. Generally, it's a single distillation. Sometimes we'll distill twice. And then it goes in the barrel. And for bourbon or rye, they have to be new oak barrels. We can only use these barrels once, mm-hmm. which gives us a great opportunity to then share them with breweries around the DMV. Yeah, for sure. And, and that allows for a lot of uh, collaboration. Um, and you're, you're seeing that, I mean, beer had a huge spike in bourbon barrel aging over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. But you're seeing now people get very creative with other kinds of barrel, gin yep. barrel, aquavie, yep. tequila. Um, and I know you make more than bourbon. Mm-hmm. Um, have you also had requests to share some of those barrels? Yeah, so we do a barrel-rested gin, mm-hmm. uh, and those barrels are in highest demand. We don't do very many of them. There's only a few uh, we probably do about six or seven barrels a year, and uh, a lot of them have been used by uh, Right Proper, uh, by Astrolab um, in Silver Spring, a new brewery. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'd love to share those around too. Nice. Yeah. Now, as far as barrel management goes, what are your like hot tips for barrel management? Like basic 101, what right. does that look like? What are things you have to keep an eye out for? Um, really, when it comes to whiskey barrels, uh, we're not doing much. We're not moving the barrels around. We're just putting them in our, our rickhouse, which is part of the same building where the distillery is. Uh, and we don't condition the space, so we want it to get really hot in the summer, let the whiskey expand into the oak, 
some is lost, that's the angel's share. In the winter, we let it get really cold and it contracts back out of the oak, uh, pulling that goodness out of the oak back into the whiskey itself. Um, and then really, we're only looking for ones that may develop a leak once in a while and then we have to address it. Uh, usually we can address it very simply just by tightening up on the hoops. Mm -hmm. um, but if, uh, if the barrel won't hold anymore, then of course we'll have to empty it and either put it in a fresh battle or it's done, a done aging. Yeah. Ah. And then, I mean, you have to monitor temperature and humidity and, and those kinds of things, or is this we, uh, something you're not quite as worried about? Yeah, we're not really uh, keeping or looking for a steady temperature. We really do want that seasonal fluctuation to allow okay. the, the whiskey to, uh, to breathe, really. Yeah, nice. In and out of the barrel. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to taste some whiskey. Sounds good. Right. Welcome back to Beer Me. I'm your host, Sarah Jane. We are recording live at the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C., full-service radio. Uh, I'm joined today in studio by Adam Riza. He is the lead brewer at Port City Brewing Company in Alexandria, Virginia, as well as Alex Lawfer. He is the head distiller and co-founder of 1-8 Distilling in Ivy City, Washington, D.C. We are discussing their award-winning barrel-aged beer, uh, recently awarded first place at Battle of the Barrel Aged at Boundary Stone during DC Beer Week. Uh, so we are uh, trying the whiskey here that recent that was in the barrel before you gave the barrel to Port City, correct? Right. Yeah. So remind our listeners, what, what is this whiskey again? Right, so it, it is a bourbon. Mm -hmm. It is a, what we call a weeded bourbon. And when we talk about a weeded bourbon, we're talking about the other grains other than the corn. In this case, it was wheat and malted barley. Not a whiskey that we distilled ourselves. This is an eight-year-old bourbon that predated the distillery by a few years. So we brought in that barrel. Um, and we, uh, when it came time, we selected which barrel we liked. We emptied it in a tank. Zeke's coffee took the empty barrel, the roasted coffee beans in there for a couple weeks. We nice. got it back after the coffee was out. Whiskey was back in six months, and then it went to Port City. Very so, cool. Well, yeah. cheers. Well, cheers. Appreciate it. Oh, you actually get the coffee on that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah a lot of coffee comes through. So it's just the, the oils on those roasted beans that were left on the inside of the char. Yeah. And uh, yeah, really, really comes through nicely. That's fantastic. Thank you. You just yeah. sip on that, sip on that all <laughs> oh, day. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> it screams like sitting around a campfire, yeah. sipping on this with a cigar if you're into those. <laughs> for sure. For sure. No, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and is this, you said, so this whiskey isn't, I mean, sorry, this, this, bourbon isn't mm -hmm. as uh, frequently produced, but this is still right. something that you can get at the distillery? Yeah, this one only at the distillery. Okay. Uh, we don't distribute some of the small batch whiskeys that we do and other spirits. I gotcha. Yeah. So, aside from this collaboration process, 
Uh, are there other collaboration processes, you know, either coming up or ones that you've done, uh, Adam, that you know you've kind of learned from? If there's if there's if there's one that you were like, oh, I wish I, I wish I'd done this differently, or I'm I'm asking you to make <laughs> mistakes publicly. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. Uh, we all make mistakes. Uh, I I think uh, with using or with the barrel aging program in general, I think uh, you know you might go. Um, uh, a little too far on a flavor <clears throat> or too little too uh you know if that barrel is super fresh mm-hmm. um you know you might get too much whiskey it, it basically i think the biggest mistakes uh can be corrected through blending so i think that's what i've kind of learned it learned it mm-hmm. uh learned um and and that's cool because it becomes like this collaborative effort with a bunch of people a bunch of brewers the lab um to kind of figure out where it needs to be or you know where you know what people you know what people think about that yeah do they want it a little stronger do they want it a little you know less um so i think that's probably the biggest mistakes we've had um storage i think we had mistakes on a one barrel we actually stored just in a in an area where it picked up a bunch of oxygen and um and dust and you know you have to dump them and it's like unservable uh but also, I guess, to have that uh, wherewithal, and I'm not going to put a bad yeah. product out. I'm going to just eat this cost. Um, so, yeah, those are those yeah. two. I mean, it's one of those, when, you, when you're tasting a beer, um, and Alex, I'm sure you've, I mean, you dabble in beer, I'm sure, at some point. Uh, drink a couple. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> so, I'm sure you've had barrel-aged beers where you try it, and it's like just pure oak chip. Or you'll try it, and it's the ABV is just completely off the charts. Or they've done barrel aging, but then they added a bunch of things like cocoa nibs and coconut and chocolate and all kinds of things, and and you can't even taste the oak flavor anymore. So I think there are a lot of instances where, yeah, things go awry, or or people get a little too like, I need to use every color in my paint box. You know what I mean? And there isn't that restraint. And I think. You know, even though barrel aging is an incredibly creative process, I think you need to show an equal amount of restraint there as you do when you are brewing a, a simple, clean, crisp pale ale. Absolutely, yeah. I think that, yeah, learning from Jonathan Reeves and all the people at Port City, it's, it, you know, simplicity is is nice, you know, um, especially with the barrel age, the stuff. Uh, you, you do want, you just want this balance. You want everything to shine rather mm-hmm. than one thing um unless that's what you're going for yeah unless you're going for something kind of crazy (laughs) over the top that kind of thing um and i think also you know you mentioned blending um that's a really really hard process um and for listeners who aren't too familiar with this i mean basically you're just taking different barrels um and tasting each of those barrels and then you have to figure out how much of each of those barrels to blend to get the desired result. I mean, this also happens at all the great champagne houses. This is how you get a consistent uh, Veuve Cuclot every single year is that they're blending. So, and I think, I think, that's what, I think people don't realize that, that that's a really hard process and the people that are involved have to have really spot on palettes. Right. It goes back to your sensory program and um, that's something we've been trying to develop uh, with Crystal Fraley and um, a few other brewers at the at the at the brewery is trying to just develop the sensory program that uh, can identify not only all flavors but uh, what our what our beer should taste like, um, and then with that, you know, 
can move forward with the barrels and you know how to blend here and you know it's not always just barrel to barrel it's how much do we add a fresh you know fresh beer um, yeah fresh versus old older vintage yeah. and that kind of thing so. so and I mean I'm sure you've experienced this as well Alex right I mean when we're releasing a batch of any of our our whiskeys we're selecting the barrels and tasting them all on their own and deciding proportions which ones will make it into the next blend for the next bottling uh, sometimes it is only going to be one barrel. In this case, it was just one barrel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in other releases, always for our own bourbon, our own rye, we're going to select uh, some different barrels and make sure we like them and make sure they, they try to maintain that consistent flavor profile. Um, it is more of a challenge, I think, as a smaller distillery, and probably the same could be true for breweries, uh, we don't have hundreds or even thousands of barrels for each batch. We have four or five, maybe six. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun to, to spend some time together as a group and taste through and try different blends. Yeah. And what goes into the training for that? I mean, who are you asking to be part of that taste panel? Oh, um, at 1.8, mm-hmm. uh, we actually have somewhat trained ourselves. We've taken some some seminars and some coursework and worked with some great individuals. Um, early days, uh, we definitely uh, availed ourselves of all the amazing palettes the city has to offer. And we talked to folks like Derek Brown and Gina Cersavani and tried to uh, you know, uh, get their opinions on things and their, their take on our, our spirits. And but, these are people who have you know, opened bars in D.C. And, oh, some amazing you know, definitely thoughts have excellent palates to yes. be able to give you good feedback. Yeah, absolutely. And these days we just uh, we sit down, the, the two or three of us in production, and then we'll bring in the rest of the staff and taste through blends. Now we are headed into prime barrel beer, or barrel-aged beer consumption, <laughs> um, as well as uh, brown spirits consumption. Uh, what are... And, and Adam, what are some of the aged beers out there in the world that are really inspiring to you? Oh, man. Uh, what did I drink? I had a... I drank something last night. Uh, I had a Dry Fontaine Goose last night. Uh, I mean, we, when it comes to sours, I guess it's just uh, a, that balance and mm-hmm. um, the blend yeah. is what I'm like... Uh, I nerd out about because it's hard to do. Um, uh, I think also learning from America, kind of me drinking in America and then actually having those beers, kind of you know America, we kind of d- overdid it or overdo it sometimes. Yeah, it's too sour, and I kind of didn't want to drink sours, and then I go over there or I've had their you know uh, in Belgium. Yeah, in Belgium, mm-hmm. Brussels, uh, Cantillon, and breweries like that, where you're just like. Wow, it could be good. It could be balanced. It could be this. It could can be have that. restraint. It can have restraint. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I do like uh, I like um, bourbon barrel aged beers too. I still will drink Goose Island, um, and what else? Um, Allagash Curio. Oh, Curio is so good. Yeah. I try to make uh, we we come out with it uh, in the winter. We try to do something similar. Mm-hmm. Um, with our tidings, which is basically kind of like a grand crew of the wit with um, honey uh, and cardamom. It's a lot bigger, too. Um, we've been putting them in um, white wine barrels, and I try to put them in whiskey barrels, just try to mess around and kind of make something similar, you know, mm-hmm. that Belgian 
uh, that's and the balance on that is is perfect. Yeah, uh, that whiskey to, yeah, yeah, it's just right. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's your those are your jams. Those are my jams. I like that. So yeah. that's a solid that's a solid list, kind yeah. of ranging both domestic and international, along with yeah. the styles. That's pretty good. How about you, Alex? Who are you who are you recommending? I mean, aside, yes, everybody go to one eight and <laughs> drink drink your distilled products right, and right. also the the tasting room itself is really really cool no thank you um but what are you what are you drinking outside from that what are your aspirations what are the people that you really admire the producers that you really that kind of uh, hooked you sure uh most recently uh, a month ago a little over a month ago i was in uh, nantucket island and visited uh, a great former brewer and now distiller he was uh, randy uh, hutchinson he was the uh, brewer at cisco mm-hmm. um and now is the head distiller at Triple Eight Distilling. And uh, he shared a lot of his time with me and uh, got to taste a lot of things, uh, including his 15-year-old single malt, oh, wow. uh, which is very unusual to have a single malt of that age in, in, the, uh, in, in America. And uh, it was just amazing. It was a beautiful bottle, very delicious. He had a 12-year as well, also good, very different. Um, and that was definitely inspirational for me. Uh, we do have a lot of single malt aging right now, so mm-hmm. stay tuned. But it, it's not 15 yet. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that was a that was a great inspirational whiskey. Um, mm-hmm. As far as uh, bourbons go, uh, I've been a big fan of Smooth Ambler out in West Virginia. Um, the Old Scout line is back, and that's a a line of sourced bourbon as well. It's not their own make. Uh, they do have their own bourbons out and other whiskeys, but uh, that one's. They're just great guys and been making a great product for a long time now. What's a good, like, kind of, uh, you know, we had mentioned, you know, Pale Ale being a good, like, gateway beer to mm-hmm. the beer world and Port City Wit as well. What's a good um, kind of, like, gateway bourbon? What's, like, a, what's one that you would recommend to somebody if they're like, oh, I've never really drank this before. What's a good, like, step one? Buffalo uh, Trace. Buffalo Trace? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's great stuff. It's yeah, you really can't go wrong. Uh, yeah, I mean, Elijah Craig, there's mm-hmm. some great ones. Four Roses does some amazing things, too. Um, our bourbon is very different. I'm going to throw it out there anyway. Yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> um, we're doing a four-grain bourbon. We actually make two different mash bills. We do mm-hmm. a weeded, uh, so corn, wheat, and malted barley, very traditional mash bill. And then we do a high rye that's the corn, rye, and malted rye. Uh, and then we blend them after aging. And it comes through as a, a little bit drier, so it's not as sweet and heavy as a lot of younger bourbon, and uh, it's really lovely in cocktails or sipping on its own. Nice. Yeah. All right, so moral of the story, you just got to get yourself to your brewery. Yeah, come on down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, distillery. I also got to say right. Atlas's uh, Saison de Brett oh, is yeah. like one of my mm-hmm. favorite beers Yeah. Barrel Age, yeah. Those guys, the Barrel Age, yeah. 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 Uh, the Brett is so perfect. It's, it's I'm, so I'm pretty partial to Atlas. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm always happy with their beers. <laughs> uh, well, thank you too for coming by, and thank you for bringing uh, beer and whiskey uh, for our show today. Pleasure. It always yeah. is a lot of fun when we get to try things. Uh, for those of you listening, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you next week here on Full Service Radio. This is Beer Me, recorded live at the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Sarah Jane. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to reach out 
at BeerMeRadio on Instagram or BeerMeRadio at gmail.com via email. I'm happy to answer any questions, comments, concerns uh, at all times. Again, thank you for listening. Please rate us anywhere you listen to podcasts. And uh, we'll see you next week. Cheers. Dr. Bob.